Welcome to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast, where non-diet nutrition, weight-inclusive care, and integrative health collide. We're your hosts, Dana Montes and Christina Hoyt, licensed integrative clinical nutritionists and body image coaches. And we believe you deserve to have a joyful relationship with food in your body, even if you have a chronic health condition or symptoms that just won't quit. On this show, together and with our guests, we're bringing the real talk, no BS5 with tangible tools to help you pursue health and wellness without obsession or restriction. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is meant for general information purposes only and should not be taken as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. I think this topic was my idea, actually. Well, because we were throwing out ideas for what do we want to do the week of Valentine's Day because we were going to do a gut episode and you were like, no one wants to talk about poop on Valentine's Day, Dana. (laughs) (laughs) No, they don't. (laughs) But they probably also don't want this either, to be fair. (laughs) I mean, I think this can be kind of a permission slip. It was like, if you're not loving on yourself on Valentine's Day, it's very understandable because look at all these things that are getting in your way. I know. But I think also we've just been so like millennials especially have been so deeply entrenched in diet culture, just so raised in it that it's so hard to even like see the forest through the trees. Whereas younger generations are, we didn't even have the term diet culture. We didn't have that. Like we didn't even know that that existed when we were younger. And now like younger generations are hearing about it. People are talking about it more. There's like, there's still a lot culturally. And I'm not saying that they're impervious to that or like, like they, they don't have the exposure to body image stuff. But man, it was like our entire culture surrounding us growing up that I felt like Why is it so hard for millennials? Like, why can't they love their bodies? And, you know, this episode is really about that. Like, why is it so hard for millennials specifically? And why do they struggle so much with with this? And I think a lot of times one of the things that we've been talking about that kind of like led to this whole conversation is that that a lot of times I think we can – as millennials, we can internalize the idea and see intellectually, oh yeah, I see diet culture. I see the problems here. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a part of, you know, body shaming and fat phobia and things like that. And, but like, we're very much like, it's cool for them, but not cool for me kind of vibes. And And it's not that it's not cool for you. It's like we don't have the roadmap to do that. Like the amount of unlearning that has to happen for us to be able to do that is so incredibly hard. And it's hard to not talk about this on a food podcast and a nutrition podcast because we've said, and I've said this, I actually don't think people have issues with food. They have issues with their body and then they take it out on food. I would disagree. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. But it's more of a and. I I agree with part of that statement. Like, I think people do have issues with food a lot of the time because they have issues with their bodies. But I think people also can have issues, different kinds of issues with food, not necessarily related to or entirely rooted in diet culture. 
we talk about chronic illness and a lot of stuff all the time. I know you're going to agree with me on this. <laughs> 100%. You know what's interesting? You know what I was actually just thinking? Is that statement that I said is so incredibly true for my types of clients. I work with people with eating disorders. Sometimes there's like chronic health stuff that's intertwined with that. But a lot of times it's also very much a symptom of the restriction around body image or the pattern that they've come into with binging and restriction and so much of that stuff. So it makes sense that you're like, yeah, but a lot of my clients. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because if we look at the, I would say maybe prior to 10 years ago, the main way that people found their way into messed up relationships with food was because of diet culture that was due to I need to fit into a certain societally determined appearance, size, shape, all the things. Otherwise, I'm never going to be loved. I'm never going to belong. I'm never going to get all these things like which we're going to get into on later in the episode. But I think then as the shift has happened towards we've talked about healthism before. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think as I would say, actually, as the shift that diet culture has tried to rebrand itself as wellness culture is when we started to see more of the people are actually afraid of food now because of the things that food might do to them, you know, and I would still say for most people, there's a massive body image component, but that's no longer the one like driving force. Yeah. Um, before this episode started, I was I had told Dana to watch the Barbie movie, and she said I forgot <laughs> to watch it beforehand. But if you've watched it and you know the most people know the monologue from America Ferrera, she was nominated for an Oscar for it and and everything as her supporting actress role. But in it, she talks so poignantly about this exact internal struggle that women have as in this age because there is such a deep tie to appearance and health you have to you can't say that you want to be skinny anymore you have to say that you want to be healthy is like a direct quote that she said but you can't but you also have to be skinny is something that that's like a direct quote from her thing and it is so true and i think like in a lot of ways that whole piece that piece that you're talking about how diet culture has been rebranded to wellness culture when it's in it's when the appearance and health are so deeply tied to each other. And then it creates like a caste system within our culture of, okay, if I am healthy and I look a certain way, all of these other avenues get woke, like get opened up for me and I don't get judged. I get to have access to all these different things. I get to have access to what people think about me as a result of the way that I look because I'm following these things. It makes it normal that we it, it's natural that as a result of that we would look at food in a completely different way and start to think about food of like what is the impact that it would have on my health i.e if my health also equals my waistline how am i going those things are become so entwined that it's impossible to kind of separate that which is why i think a lot of people have that that's cool for them not cool for me because 
I need to have, I value my health and they just must not because they don't look like me. So they must not value their health. And that, and it's like almost like we try not to be judgmental, but there's so much judgment and phobia wrapped into that, but it's really hard for us to detach from that outcome because we've been kind of told like these two things are fitting together. And if you don't have one, then you can't have the other. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head with two different points that you made. And again, circling back to this talk of like, why millennials can't love their bodies. And <laughs> that's really like a clickbaity title. We think that people can, you know, but it takes a lot of work. And we're saying like, why this is so hard. But when you mentioned both intellectualizing and then unlearning, I would say those are two huge cornerstones of the millennial generation because I I'm going to paint some broad strokes here but like most millennials are great at intellectualizing things and not feeling their feelings because and you know that I think that is a big coping tool that we all learned over the years because a lot of our parents were not really taught how to feel the feels and how to move through it. And then they didn't know how to pass that down to us. So now like a lot of millennials are in therapy. And then there's also given the massive like generational events that we have all lived through and then a lot of different pop culture things and a lot of different systemic things like we are a generation that is spending a lot of time unlearning and relearning a lot of things. Um, You know, some things that come to mind is like, when we look at people of color and the experiences that they have and then, you know, people in larger bodies and the experiences that they have, people in the LGBTQ community and experiences that they have and like all of basically marginalized groups as a whole when like learning from different perspectives and learning from different experiences that when you are raised in the U.S. culture as a white person, especially, you're just not taught a lot of the time. And I think that that is changing, luckily. But when you are presented with this one way, or I mean, even if it's not just one way, but like if you're presented with a lot of different ways, but it's really looking at things from the same way, when we're looking at the pop culture and different societal influences from like the early 2000s and the 90s and, you know, everything like that, it's these like real thin white women supermodels, the heroine chic and like the low rise jeans. Yes. And like, I think we're also triggered right now because all these things are coming back and we're like, no, we wanted to leave that in 2001. (laughs) And you can you please just leave it back there? But, you know, this is just getting into on the very surface level, a couple of the things. And to give you all a little bit of behind the scenes, when we were planning the outline for this episode, they were like, yeah, let you know, let's do something on body image for around the week of Valentine's Day and everything like that. And we started writing it out and we classic Dana, wrote many single space pages of an outline. And we were like, wait a minute. (laughs) I think this actually needs to be a whole series where we go into different areas and different aspects of why it's so hard for millennials to love our bodies. And then we were like, well, we should have guests on because we're not experts in everything, obviously. That's why you come (laughs) to a podcast to listen to different people. But we want to get a whole lot of different perspectives from people with different backgrounds on this because like we're talking about there is no one 
person experience. There is no one millennial experience of one reason why we can't all love our bodies. We may have been exposed to a lot of the same phenomenon in terms of these generational events and pop culture and music and politics and like global warming and climate change and all these different things and the recession and like <laughs> everything like this. Name but obviously, the thing. We're only two people with two experiences, right? And so while we're going into all of these different layers of talking about like pop culture, the intergenerational aspects of this, how this shows up today, where health comes in, where food comes in, like how body image is tied to a lot of this stuff, we're going to be interspersing these episodes over the next couple of months with some guests that we're really excited to come on for. And so this episode is really setting the scene for here's a lot of things that you can expect for us to talk about. And this isn't just like a here's your intro for the series and then we're leaving. We're going to continue to go through with the discussion today. But we wanted to give you an idea and kind of a preview because this is this is going to be a long one. And we're excited about it. Yeah, there's so many pieces of this. There's no way we could do this in one episode. Like oh, This is like a graduate thesis. Yes, like 100 <laughs> percent. Yeah. I think one of the things that you mentioned, too, about millennials specifically and how like we were conditioned in a lot of ways to – to have like an intellectualizing and not feeling our feelings, we were also really taught that we're a project, you know, like so much perfectionism too. And I think that is like an important piece that gets weaved in here as well. So it's difficult for us to detach from the outcome of what our body looks like in a lot of ways too, but in part because we grew up with the belief in being told that loving your body isn't really possible and that our bodies are constant projects. I mean, think about every parent that like most parents were not everyone's parents, but like a lot of parents of our generation um, were doing Weight Watchers and doing projects and Weight Watchers and Slim Fast and South Beach Diet and all these different things that we grew up watching and that their body was something that needed to be fixed, constantly maintained with exercise and moving on, thinking like Jane Fonda videos. Like I remember all of that stuff. It almost can feel like loving your body. If you do that, it's complacent and it's lazy. And the outcome of having that happen is then you are going to be overweight. I'm using air quotes here, guys. They're going to be overweight and unhealthy as a result of that. Because if you're not constantly trying to perfect your eating habits and your body, then you're not doing what you need to be doing to, to, to maintain your body and your health. And then when you kind of build all of those things in together, it almost can feel like I don't want to admit in some cases that I am judgmental about other people's bodies or I'm carrying these types of beliefs because it feels really fucked up. But I don't know how to get out of it because I have been conditioned to believe these things for so long. And I think that's where it like, becomes, I can't express how many times I've had clients come to me and say things like, um, I have no other, I have no problem with other people's bodies. Like I believe in body diversity. Like I have no problem with that, but me personally, I'm not okay. I feel uncomfortable in my skin. I don't feel good about my body or my health. And it's almost like that again, like that piece of like, it's really hard for us to admit 
that we're carrying around these beliefs about other people because it is there if we're internalizing about ourselves. And it's like almost like uncomfortable to even admit out loud. I don't know if you agree with me, but that's something that I've noticed a lot with clients. And I feel like so many of it comes back to this idea of like, well, they just don't want to do the thing that you're supposed to do. And I'm a rule follower. I, you know, and this is a project and you have to maintain it. And if you don't maintain it, then that's the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think one of the things that makes this so hard, especially when you're in the, oh, like that's fine for them, but not for me, is because we have these and we're raised with messaging around these deep inherent body beliefs and assumptions about people who are in larger bodies or, God forbid, your body changes in a, quote, unfavorable way. And this messaging is so, so deep. And it's like in pop culture. It's in the way that you interacted with like everyone in your life growing up. And for some people, it was, you know, more extreme than others. But There's no way, and this goes for millennials, this goes for our parents, this goes for Gen Z and Alpha and like everyone coming along, especially with TikTok and Instagram and social media and everything like that. There's no possible way to avoid this. But when you are raised being told, and now of course we don't believe this, but some of the messaging that we were raised with is like people who are overweight are disgusting and they must be lazy and you know like all of these different things like how do you detach from that right and then how do we get away from just intellectualizing is like okay i understand that how do you take that in how do you live that basically like how do you live not believing that and how do you really get it into your brain and into your heart and into your cells so that that is no longer affecting not only the way that you interact with other people but the way that you interact with yourself in your body image and your relationship with food and all of these different things that we've been taught over the years of basically how to look at your body as as a project and how to continually improve on that project as a project that is never finished. Because how many of us have been there where you did all the things and maybe you like lost weight or you got to your goal weight or you did what you had achieved to do and then you're not happy once you get there. You're not confident in your body once you get there. You're not like having a good body image once you get there because you're just terrified that somehow it's all going to be taken away. And so then you continue to resort to these extreme measures. But the issue is changing yourself is not going to change the culture. Changing yourself is not going to change the inherent systemic discrimination that is happening to people who are in larger bodies, who are in you know different gender identities, who are people of color, who are all these different marginalized identities and all the different intersections of those. And this is, speaking of the Barbie movie, we can really get into and I'm sure eventually we will, people talk about how this is kind of a design because most of this marketing is towards women as a way to keep them small and not be able to think about the larger stuff that is more important for like human rights or... I actually really like that you're saying this. I I guess you guys are also noticing too that this this episode's very conversational. So, and I think it's a lot of different ideas. One of the things that I was thinking about when when you were talking about this, it's reminding me a little bit about 
the episode that we did with Meg Dahl around inner family systems and internal family systems. If you know anything about internal family systems, we all have like our, there's different parts within us, but we also work within a a system in our home and each person kind of plays a role in what keeps the system like afloat, right? And women um, have been told that our role is this one thing, like be this ornament, look a certain way, do all the things, be a caretaker, take care of yourself, take care of your offspring, take care of the community. These are the things that we're supposed to do. And when you try to like go against that break out of your role within the system. And a lot of ways, the system like falls apart and everyone's like, what's happening? And you can see this happening too. Like as you become deeper, you might have noticed this as well as you get deeper into your own therapeutic work uh, and you're starting to unlearn some of your perfectionism or the ways that you're a people pleaser or the ways that you're not sharing your emotions and your family members can't handle it or feel overwhelmed by it. It's not because they don't like that they don't value you in the system. Sometimes maybe they don't, you know, everyone has different family systems, but it almost can be like, this isn't the role that you're supposed to play. Everyone has their role that they're supposed to play to keep everything moving on track. And I think that in a society, we see a lot of that happening. And when people try to break out of that or ask for something that's outside of what their their role is, Everyone gets messed up. And I mean, I think we can all go back to like male domination is the idea of like (laughs) how this is supposed to be. We're all here to serve the patriarchy. And when we try to break out of that and that too, like that's why like in a lot of ways, I think of breaking out of this outcome of what your body looks like is a direct violation of our culture. And when we do that, it makes everybody really uncomfortable. People get really uncomfortable at the idea of health at every size. People get really uncomfortable with anti-fat phobia or even the idea of fat phobia existing. People get really uncomfortable at the idea of of um medical stigma and discrimination and having these conversations around every single different area because people are asking to get out of their marginal marginalized state. And when we try to do that, the system can get real rocky. And we also are inclined as human beings to want to stay safe. And so when it feels unsafe, right, and we're trying to break out of this, we can think like, I love that they're trying to break generational ground. But be myself, and I are going to do what I need to do to survive in the system that I'm in. And I feel most comfortable when I am doing certain things and my body is a certain way because it is a privilege to do that. And why would I ever want to give away a piece of that that privilege And it's hard to kind of like, you might not think about it that way. And I'm not saying everybody is thinking it that way, but that is like something that's there that might be this like unspoken subconscious thought process. It's like, well, what if I give that away? Or like, what if that gets taken away from me? But that in a way proves the point that larger when you're in a marginalized body, there is less access to things. And 
that's why it's so hard for us to be like, that's really great for them. And I want them to have everything, but I'm not okay with that because it's really hard for us to unlearn the things that we've done and accept that the outcome of what our body looks like might not be what we want it to be or what we're comfortable with it looking like. And I think that makes it so difficult for us to really detach and be able to really understand and work on our body image. And it's like not a, it's not a small order. No. And I think that's the reason that this has started to become an entire series, because of course, this is not easy. And the more marginalized your identity is, the harder it is. Because the other thing that we really want to drive home here is we completely understand why people struggle, have this internal and sometimes external struggle between like, okay, yeah, I don't want to participate in diet culture, but like that can't be for me or like I don't want that to be for me or like I would rather just be in like a thin, societally acceptable body and be very healthy and all these things. Which, yeah, duh, because it gives you more access, it gives you privilege, it can give you safety, it can give you all of these different things. So we do want to make sure that people understand what we're trying to come across here is like, yeah, of course you struggle with your body image. How could you not? You know, and there's yeah. so many different layers of why that happens. And at the same time, as we're going forward and as we bring on different guests, we'll give you more actionable tools of like, here's how you can work on your own body confidence, self-esteem, body image, because all those are different things, and how you can work towards unlearning and dismantling the internalized kind of prejudiced systems that we have in our brains and then how All can of us. this yes and <laughs> how can this extend to the broader culture and broader people and everything because one of the things that Chrissy King talks about a lot in her book The Body Liberation Project which by the way we're going to have her back on is none of us are free until all of us are free and there are a lot of people mm -hmm. that talk about this as well and like we can do the work to unlearn a lot of the systems that have been in place to mess up your body image and mess up your relationship with food and mess up all of these different points of access for you individually. But in order to prevent that from happening to future generations and everyone who exists right now, we need to also work. We can't forget that we have to work on this in a broader aspect. It can't just stop here on this podcast. It can't just stop with you individually. And we also want to acknowledge that that seems like a lot, <laughs> you know, and like that can be very <laughs> scary. Like, Dana, now you're asking me to change the world. I mean, maybe if you want to go that way, that'd be real cool, you know, but yeah. we, you want to do this on like a, a local you level and we want to not stop there so that you can help other people as well. I almost think it's natural, right? Like it's natural as you start to work on and unlearn these deep inherent body beliefs that we're all carrying around. Um, as you start to work on that for yourself, it becomes more practiced to extend that to others too, right? And then as you become like, it's almost like the more you know, the harder it is to go back, <laughs> you know? And I think like, it, we've talked about that too. Like I know too much about diet culture. Like we did a whole podcast episode just about that too. And I think 
now what? You know, and I think that's a, a layer as well that that we need to understand. But I also just like want to say, like Dana said this, and I just want to reiterate it over and over and over again. All of this is true. And you can still want to change your body. And we understand that. And that's okay. And you know what the ultimate goal is here for every single one of us is we want you to understand the complexity of where your body image comes from because it doesn't just come from a number on the scale or the pant size or being able to shop in certain stores. There are deeply rooted beliefs that we have been carrying around and have been programmed into us that make this journey so complicated and so hard for every single one of us. And I just want you to know that we see that and that we know that this is really, really hard and that this is deeply, deeply complex and it's okay. And ultimately what we want is for you to have sovereignty over your body. And for you to have autonomy over your body and to actually make informed decisions, true informed consent about how you're going to interact with your body, what information you're going to do and take and be able to live your life and create your own definition of what your own unique body experience can be for yourself and what that looks like. And I think like that's going to look different for each person. Right. And sometimes that might include still wanting to change your body. And that's okay. And we just want you to know that you can bring all of that complicated messiness here and that we are going to dive deeper and deeper into how complicated this is and the conditioning that we've all gone through. And I'm really excited about this series. Yeah. And again, like we are two people with two experiences that are probably pretty similar in our upbringing, right? And so (laughs) one of the things that we are most looking forward to doing is not only breaking down all of these different aspects and why it's so complicated and why it's so hard for millennials to love our bodies just from our own experiences and what we have gone through, but bringing in multiple people's experiences from different backgrounds and different identities and everything like that. And it's not to say any one person is going to be like the end-all be-all resource of like, well, for this identity, it's this way. And this identity, it's this way. We already have a whole list of people that we're really excited to have on. We would love to hear from you all. Who do you want to hear from? Who would you love to hear in this series? Because this is going to be an ongoing thing. And It's going to be so great. I'm so excited. We're so pumped. Get ready. It's going to be a wild ride, guys. (laughs) It's going to be a wild ride. (laughs) With plenty of resources and all of the things, come over to Patreon. Join us. We're going to do a lot of deep dives, a lot of after the episodes for all of this stuff, because how could we not? There's like no way we can touch on these things and 30-minute things. As Dana mentioned, this is like a master's doctorate level yeah thesis and work of that you can be doing so join us speaking of patreon if you are having a really hard time this week because it is valentine's day or just like in general we have a really cool resource over on patreon that we'll be dropping called your body image emergency action plan so if you're interested in checking that out it will be linked in the show notes and we would highly recommend that because it is a right here right now in the moment moment Stop, drop, and roll. What the heck do I do? I'm having a horrible (laughs) body image day. 
I'm getting dressed to go out to dinner and I'm angry and I hate my body and that's okay. We're here for you guys. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you'll find that a whole and a whole bunch of other body image resources over on Patreon as well. And that'll be in the show notes. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Hey friends, it's Dana and thanks so much for listening to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast today. Find us on social media at Wholehearted Eating Pod on Instagram and at wholeheartedeating.com for more information about working with Dana and Christina for one-on-one nutrition counseling. If you love the show, we would love you forever if you'd share an episode with your family and friends or tag us on social media or leave a five-star rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts to help more people find the show. Check out patreon.com slash wholeheartedeating to help support the show and get access to ad-free episodes, bonus episodes with us and our guests, episode discussions, new resources we're creating for Patreon, and so much more. If you have questions for us, feedback on the show, potential topics or guests you'd love to have on, shoot us an email at hello at wholeheartedeating.com and we'll see you next week.